She's Paige. And she's Elizabeth. And, and we're, we're married, married to the idea. <laughs> Oh, don't worry, hon. You'll get it. You'll get it. It's your first episode out. You're doing great. You're doing great. How you feeling? How you doing? You loose there in the studio? Wrists yeah, all jangling? Shake it out, yep. shake it out of shake the it, Shake it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, so yeah, like we said, we're married to the idea. We're so glad to be here. Uh, today, uh, Paige, I've been noticing something on my Instagram and uh, let me know if this strikes you as true for your life as well. Uh, now, you and me usually post pictures of our art. Usually like that to speak for us because we're art accounts. Uh, but I just recently posted a picture of myself holding a bow and arrow for International Women's Day. And I thought this was fun. I actually did shoot the bow and arrow, so it wasn't quite posturing. And, and it is fine. It's fine. I post it. Within an hour, it gets over 80% more engagement than anything else I've ever posted on my Instagram. And so my question to you is, have you ever posted something that you're like, this is nothing? And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, yes, more of this content, please. <laughs> a thousand percent yes and I think you should definitely show your face more and let the people know who's behind the pretty pictures you know I, like that's a thousand percent it gosh I would love to do that does it make me feel like this is my imposter syndrome talking straight up but it does make me feel like I let my pretty face speak for myself it's like my art can't hack it on its own so better to let my adorable face convince you that I'm worth <laughs> buying from <laughs> I think it's more like, oh, that's who does it. Cool. I want to know more about her and why she does what she does, you know? So I, I would do more of that. That is a much more empowering take on the whole situation, Paige. And I'm going to use that to heart with my life and introduce myself more often to the people. And it'll just be a fun perk that I look cute in multiple outfits. That's it'll just Definitely. be the way it be. Um, no, I, I you know what? You know what? You, you know as as much as anybody else how many hours it takes for an artist to curate something for Instagram and uh some other people you know can just snap a picture and put it up and that's that but it takes us hours to do stuff so if you can throw in a snap of the picture of your cute little face then do it and save yourself <laughs> some of those hours you know bless me I can make I can engage more and spend less time why don't I just do that all my life oh right it's I, like magic. I picked this career path all right fair enough say <laughs> la vie okay uh Anyway, uh, it though. yeah, uh, Paige, do you think, do you think we should introduce the men? I mean, we could just continue on. Uh, I have tons of things to talk to you about, but should we bring them in? I guess. <laughs> All right, boys, you can come out of the closet. Oh my God. Is that daylight? I haven't seen it in years. We have another five minutes in there. <laughs> <laughs> we were getting a little handsy. That was seven minutes. Yeah. You guys are really <laughs> fast. I'm not greedy. Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> and besides five is all you need. <laughs> well, that was that's good or bad. <laughs> I can confidently say I do not last long. <laughs> that's Sam, and Aaron is still here. We Somewhere. didn't. We Sam didn't. Does not last long. We uh, didn't change everything too much, but yes, we do have wonderful returning guests, Sam and Paige of Sam and Paige Plan a Wedding, here in the podcast booth with us. Finally. For the first time in forever, again, like still virtual, but they're here again. It's nice to be here again after so many long months. I I, I maintain that our Avengers Endgame episode was one of my favorites, personally. I know everyone was talking about it at the time, so it was very trendy. But I think we had a lot of fun talking about it, and so I am super excited to bring you guys back for yet another Marvel property. It's kind of like a tradition <laughs> now. I actually just read something about Parent Trap and how, like, uh, both of the parents, like, it really speaks volumes that both of the parents didn't ever really notice that the twins had switched. But the nanny figures it out in, like, five minutes. <laughs> so I, I was like, I was like, mm. Sam and Paige. That's right. It's a Disney thing. It's a Disney tradition Disney, now. There you go. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll say it's that. I way. can definitely get on board with that. That won't be hard. Disney owns literally everything now. So, yeah. if you anything, yeah. we'll fall under that umbrella. Uh, one day, one day. But for now, uh, before we get into our, I'm certain, to, uh, very exciting discussion of WandaVision, because I have thoughts. I have thoughts. So many thoughts. Uh, let's do the plug party very quick. You can follow us on Facebook at Married to the Idea. You can find us online at marriedtotheidea.weebly.com. You can contact us at marriedtotheideareviews at gmail.com. And if you would like to sponsor us in the financial sense, 
You can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash marriage the idea. We have several tiers of fan levels, each of which come with its own little perk. Plus, the first time you sign up, you get a cool sticker. How cool is that? I, they're very cool. Aaron designed them. They're very cool. You know, dust my shoulder off and everything. <laughs> uh, if you've got ideas for what we should watch, please send them our way. But for now, let's get into the nitty gritty of WandaVision. And I think since it has been only a week since it has come out, I think we should remain spoiler free for our first half. Just overall general impressions, thoughts on characters. And then we'll get into some more, shall we say, theory-ish stuff in the second half of the program. Yeah, I think um, we can probably get up to, say, episode five or six. Before things go sour. I mean, like, we can talk about things that happen a little bit in the the later episodes, but um, I know people who are are just now starting to watch it because they wanted to watch it all at once. And I was like, I even told them, I was like, you gotta do it one in a week because it just builds the hype. It makes it so much better. First question to the group because we this has been a debate. That's the exact question I wanted to lead off with because this has been a long time coming. We have waited weeks upon weeks. Please Stand By has become the greatest Marvel (laughs) Universe (laughs) supervillain when when I think of them. Uh, How do we feel about it being drip-fed to us one episode a week as opposed to being slammed in quarantine all nine episodes in one fell swoop? I have so many feelings about this. (laughs) Um, I prefer television be taken in doses over an extended period of time, just like it has been for decades. Just like the shows that this show was paying homage to. Amen. That gives you plenty of time to think about it, discuss, really process what is going on, wildly speculate if that's your thing. But it just kind of makes the experience a lot sweeter, in my opinion. I think you also retain the information a lot better. (laughs) Because, you know, back in the day when we were in like high school and we were watching broadcast television shows every week and you had to stay at home or else you'd miss it. Like, you know, that was just the thing that you had to do back in the day. And of course, you know, these things were instead of 10 episodes or fewer, it was 22 episodes and seven seasons. Wink, wink. You know what I'm talking about? Liz, wink, wink. I wink, wink. Yeah. You spend years with a TV show. Years. You know, and you, you really get to know the characters. You really get to like appreciate every little bit that you got when you got it because it was rare you know and and now we kind of got to do that yeah it's compared a lot to the the sort of pump and dump style that netflix has kind of become known for like which in some cases can be great because it's nice to binge things especially if it's a show like stranger things where everything happens so close to each other and the episodes just drip into each other so well but the other aspect of television that has been with us since the beginning is the fact that it's given us all something to bond over and talk about. And it's sort of a communal experience. They talk about the water cooler discussions back when offices and regular TV were both a thing, (laughs) but really one of the last shows to still kind of have that effect was game of Thrones because it was still released every week and it had a wide enough reach. Like back in the day, only three networks, people watching mash, they watch in cheers End of list. So you had the same thing to talk about. <laughs> but now WandaVision's kind of given us that same thing, too, because it seems like most people are watching it. It went on long enough where we could all enjoy it for a long period of time. That way, it also stays in the zeitgeist a lot longer. Like, we don't really think about Stranger Things much at all right now because it's here for like a week and then it's gone. WandaVision has dragged us along in a good way for like two and a half months. So and, it has a yeah. more bigger cultural impact. I would actually, um, like, I completely agree that WandaVision has become that, but I don't believe WandaVision was the first one to do that, especially with Disney+. Plus. I would venture to say that actually uh, Mandalorian was the first one to do that again because of how it got drip-fed uh, with that one. It tested the waters, to be honest. It yeah. feels like a show that said, we can't screw up Star Wars more than we already have, so let's try <laughs> once a week to give and us... And we also need people to be really in- involved and want to get this new subscription. Yeah, you get mm-hmm. more excited about the next episode when you can't have it. It's the it's the marshmallow test, but in TV. Yeah. And Aaron, I'm really surprised to hear you agree with us on this point, honestly, because binging is such an integral part of how you consume media. I binge so much. In fact, truthfully, because I binge so much, it's really, really nice 
to have something that is drip fed. Like uh, we watch Bob's Burgers um, on Hulu after it premieres, you know, the, the next day so we can enjoy it. Uh, we're not trying to binge it. I've had TV shows where I had to binge it because of things running out or, you know, so on and so forth. But and I do. I That's how I work sometimes is I'll put on a TV show in the background as background noise. But there are times I have to do music because it's just too involved. Um, I, I do enjoy both. I have enjoyed specifically these two shows in the drip fed formula. And, you know, I am looking forward to Falcon and the winter winter soldier, which will be doing the same thing. It's going to be drip fed. And Sam, I think you're right. The idea that this is a television show explicitly about the effect that television has on people. It's, it's made to recreate what we already know, that nostalgic feel, that call of home. So I love that you brought that up because that's exactly what I was thinking too. This would make no sense if you binged all of it at once. You have to go decade by decade. You have to wait a while before you slip into this next one. And you've forgotten a little bit of the last episodes. You're like, wait a minute, were they always in the 70s? Did I miss that the first time around? Uh, <laughs> God, do you remember when this first started getting advertised and none of us knew what was going on? I was so intrigued by this more than I think most other Marvel properties that I had seen simply because it didn't look like just another Marvel movie, which I think there are enough of them now. We can say there are just another Marvel movie. And when we get talking into the show, spoilery town, we may talk a little bit about that as far as the finale goes. Uh, it, it gets, it can get formulaic, but I think the awesome thing and the intrigue of WandaVision was that they weren't, they weren't telling us dick. <laughs> they weren't letting us know anything like Hey, they're in the fifties at what? And it's black and white. What? And Vision's alive. What? And then and and. I uh, I really like to put it in the same kind of lens that I put like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, funnily enough, Ant Man and the Wasp or the Ant Man movie. Um, and you could say Deadpool to an extent. Um, even though that is just now part of the MCU. Oh, well, not part of the MCU, part of the Marvel now owns Deadpool again. Bless them for when they try to bring him in. Like, God. Like, I'm so looking forward to either this dumpster fire <laughs> or this beautiful work of gold. So, but like, because um, there was another one I'm, I'm forgetting that was like a really great example of a palate cleanser uh, where, you know, you have your Iron Mans, you have your Captain Americas, you have your Thors, and then you have. Chris Pratt's uh, getting called an a-hole by, you know, a British guy. It's like, I mean, everything's quippy in the other movies, but a talking raccoon? I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> like, I, I say the same thing about the Eternals. Like, I have no idea. I have no clue about the Eternals, whether, like, not quality-wise, like, story-wise. I have no idea what's going to happen. And I'm actually kind of looking forward to that because Iron Man and Hulk and stuff like that I've known for a long time, and especially now since 08. But I'm looking forward to this. So with WandaVision, I was like, I'm intrigued enough to want to watch more of it. And I'm very glad to have been along for the ride, truthfully. Were any of us Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. watchers? I watched the first season, and it was great. And then I watched the first two episodes of the second season, and I was supremely disappointed. It went from Joss Whedon, which I know that's now a bad word, uh, Joss Whedon, levels of like awesome and hilarity and everything like the last scene of the first season is uh you know fucking, fucking hilarious it, it's i like i don't want to spoil anything but like essentially well, it's Coulson being Coulson. oh don't because we're not talking about that the reason yeah. I ask, uh the reason i bring it up honestly is because i didn't give a damn about agents of shield and i feel like a lot of people did not give a damn about agents of shield and then when we got into some movies that said as seen in episode 16 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm like, don't do this to me. Don't give me information that I had to go to the television to learn about. I'm So I think it's cooler in this way. Uh, I don't know if you guys think the same way that Marvel finally figured out the formula to make us care about their television programming. Yeah, 100%. What do you think that difference is? You know, I think we talked about having it be um, on a streaming service in the middle of a quarantine uh purposely being vague about it with two of the lesser known characters but still characters that are in the official mcu canon as opposed to the d-level heroes or characters that we don't know anything about and that's i mean that's a really great point on like story and character wise on the production side wise you also have uh. marvel controlling and disney controlling everything Fig, Fig, uh, Fig, Fig, kevin Feige, 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 um i knew it was Feige. 
Feige, um, Mr. F, having call him. complete control <laughs> for WandaVision versus having to deal with ABC, even though it's still a Disney company, they still have their own set of standards. So, like, I don't think WandaVision would not have been able to play on ABC, but the... the I was about to compare it between, like, um, the DC television shows and the DC movies, but then I remember that the DC movies CGI is trash <laughs> as well, so never mind. Are you talking about the, the CGI in this, in this show? No, I was talking about DC properties exclusively. Oh. I was going to say that Marvel probably didn't put as much money into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as they put into WandaVision. WandaVision... I- yeah. Budget me. comes down. Budget is a big part of it because yeah. I think Disney Plus for their series has a bigger budget than a network television show has. Network TV shows still big stuff, but it's also centered around the heroes that we already know and are more invested in. And like you said, Liz, we don't know a ton about Wanda's backstory. She's just kind of been there since Age of Ultron, but now we get a little more info about her and a little bit about Vision too. And it- whereas Agents of Shield was regular folks, which is fine. It's a great idea for a show, but I. To, to your point, Aaron, I didn't really get into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I tried one or two episodes. The moment they tried to explain away why Coulson was there, I was like, no, I refuse. His, um, his death is so important in the movie. You can't just retcon that for the sake of making a TV show. Agreed, Sam. And I, I do agree with that. The, the, that whole concept was flawed from the beginning. How they explain it is weirdly kind of cool. Um, I don't want to... I mean. I don't want to spoil anything like you and I can talk off air about it. But the uh, the the thing is, is they do actually explain what happened to Coulson. So it's not like they have one explanation and then you figure out pretty quickly that that explanation is not true. It has to do so much, I think, with our suspension of disbelief. I think that's why WandaVision works so well, because we already don't know a damn thing about Wanda's powers or Vision's powers. They're just this synthesoid human and this magic finger waving lady like that's literally all we know and so it was great to already have them in like they never even they didn't even have to take a whole movie to like figure that out it was like 30 minutes of ultron and like okay they're now part of the team and you just accept it now so our suspension of disbelief was already perfectly cemented We're like we get it they're part of the group now so now we can go back and like walk through their histories and see why it's so interesting and see what's going on with that um Personally, I think the show does so well, not only because it's being given to us episodically, not only because it's doing this wonderful cultural reflection on television and narrative, uh, not only for the characters it reintroduces, like Jimmy Woo, or uh, new characters that they bring in. Uh, like, like Rambo. Like Rambo. God, and we will talk about Rambo. And uh, Technically um, not a new character, just mm-hmm. first time seeing her as an adult. New yeah. actress. Exactly. New actress, yeah. yep. Yeah, uh, yeah God, I actress. hope so. <laughs> And I did really like this actress specifically, too. But then also bringing back, like, characters like Darcy, who mm-hmm. was kind of funny in Thor and Thor 2, but, like, kind of underused. And I feel like she was so much better used in this show. Like, there I'm is a petition. I'm proud of her when she came on screen. She talked about how, like, she went and got her PhD. I'm like, okay, so, A, she wasn't snapped away. She wasn't dusted. Yay for Darcy. She used her time well. She started as a poli-sci major in Thor, she went over to quantum physics like you do and then but she really put the time in now she's a she's a doctor good for her yeah and i i there is a petition or there is actually some thought of making a series with darcy and jimmy woo like a kind of quasi x-files kind of thing where they investigate the stuff that happens it was nice throughout the mcu you can see characters that that. were like they were just approachable and enjoyable they they're just nice people. Like it's it's okay to just be a nice person. <laughs> you can just be nice, like Jimmy Woo, and just finally learn how to do your card tricks and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, the, okay, so here's the here's the last thing I want to talk about before we get into spoiler territory. Are, uh, we, we, in, are we in that area right now? Uh, we've got a little bit of time. This one, I think we're gonna discuss a bit of, of at length about. So okay, okay. So I mentioned all these things about why this show is so good. Um. I think the biggest thing for me is that this show, like Aaron said, is a palate cleanser. Beyond its aesthetics, the core principle of the show is grief. It's just one woman, one woman having to deal with losing pretty much everyone she has ever cared about ever repeatedly. It's, it's just her at the core of it. You strip all of the nuance, all of the, you know, dressing and it just becomes how do you cope and deal with loss in your life? And I think that's why the show is really good. 
when we talk later about all the fan theories that float around and that none of them ended up coming true, I'm like, I'm so glad <laughs> I wasn't part of that culture, that I wasn't hearing that chatter, because that's not what the show is about. It's not here to tease future projects. It's here to be an exploration of character for one woman. It, do- it actually does both very well, like where it does tease a couple of things um, in the future, and it does um, actually go into a couple of fan theories um but it's really funny that they like they tease just enough without actually fully teasing you know it's not you know thanos courting death or anything like that so um it is kind of funny that they do do that but i i still agree with you in that sentiment even though it sounds like i'm you know being a a dick uh i think aaron you're just like your your default like setting of voice is contrary and not your content of words just the way (laughs) you phrase them well actually actually i agree with everything you say gosh (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I can, in, especially in a couple of the later episodes, you really get that hammered in. Um, and I think that's where it, it does falter slightly is that the, the tone isn't, co- isn't consistent through to that point. Um, but I think if you go back and rewatch the earlier episodes with that in mind, you do kind of see it through a different bit of a different lens. I don't think this is a bad series in the slightest. I loved every episode the some of the later episodes where it's dealing a little bit more with exposition, that's where it, it kind of drags just a little bit. But yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh yeah, when you like take away when you when you have to like suddenly go back to the real world and like explain what sword is and it's like, oh we're, it's a Marvel movie. Okay. Sure. That's fine. I was just really getting into this this woman <laughs> dealing with her psycho psychotic break, but okay. It cool. <laughs> yeah. Can I also just say that we did get a Captain Marvel movie, which is all well and great and everything. But by the end of it, I was like, okay, so she's just invincible at the end. <laughs> With this, I felt like it was kind of a opposite take where it's showing all of her quote unquote faults and how she's like getting over something. And that's how we get to know Wanda instead of like going back to her origin story, which we kind of do at the end. I'm not going to say anything, but Yeah. So I'm glad that we got to know a female Avenger like so intimately because we haven't gotten the Black Widow movie yet. So we're just kind of waiting on stuff, you know, it's supposed so to be released I really in the summer. I enjoyed that. I just wanted to say. No, I agree, Paige. Like, I, I felt that way. We Aaron and I often talk about what who media is made for and how it can like alter your perception. So for me, definitely seeing a woman struggle with her grief was like this is speaking to me intensely so and i'm happy that and like such a powerful woman yeah, exactly. oh, yeah. Grieved, yeah. you know yeah, like we, they... we're all the same and like um we in and i've had to say this and i'm actually happy that i've had to say this a few times um or not a few times a lot recently um that media is not being made for me the the average white dude um as often anymore it's being made for the women uh fans out there or for uh the black audiences or for the younger audiences who you know have different abilities uh in their life and and but the thing is is even though it's more aimed towards them i'm still enjoying it as the stereotypical white dude so i think that that speaks that we don't have to make things just for me anymore. And I'm happy about that. That'd be so much more interesting. Exactly. Also, good, con- good content is good content. Like there's, I'm sure there were a lot of people up in the studio saying like, Oh, well girls don't like seeing these movies or, you know, like this is, this isn't the kind of thing that's going to sell. It's like, no, like if it's a good story with good characters and good motivations, people don't care what's under their pants. Just like, you know, we're all the same. We all like good stuff. Just like, you know, have, really push representation obviously but don't be afraid of bringing in some different leads that we've had over the last hundred years yeah and let's all pray for a rambo movie while i'm saying that you know yes yes, she's gonna be involved somehow some way and i'm i'm actually i'm here for it marvel 2 for sure okay oh yeah yeah. and i really want to see like what that whole thing is about uh because we do get some vibes that she is not happy with how uh carol just like kind of spaced oh for 30 years yeah yeah kind of a dick move carol gosh like there's so like we could talk about cat Marvel for a while like one the movie i really did enjoy it and it really was nice to see a female character like like kind of like the one woman movie not be objectified just be a character and like get on with it which is awesome but at the same time i feel like marvel just kept riding themselves into a corner like yeah she is that freaking powerful you don't want to like 
give her some like we, we already have superman as an example of how this can go bad really quickly if you don't give them any sort of thing to overcome we don't want to like work that in now before it just becomes oh she can just literally torpedo ships with her body no okay cool. <laughs> she can headbutt thanos and it not be a problem yeah like like come on like that was so cool and i'm like how can you ever make a villain stand up at that after that point but that's why i like one vision so much is that it's it's not even about the antagonist it's really about herself and and like yeah. and there were some theories that i was like if they do this it would be really kind of cool from a story perspective not as so much for a character perspective or representation uh side as well um but i'm still like i would have liked to have seen that happen i'm still happy with the direction it went but it would have been interesting from a storytelling perspective if they had done that but yeah. again we can't go into that well, until we get into the spoiler i time. would love to talk about all the broken theories that are crumbling on the internet's floor <laughs> let's first go to our sponsor dome where two sponsors enter and one sponsor leaves aaron tell us about our not our challenger our, our reigning champion well um today's show is brought to you by audible audible is offering our listeners an au free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership just go to audible audible slash married to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs I'm actually can't see it. Download anyway. a tile for nope. free. It's that easy. Oh no, we haven't got to that point. Boy, I, I thought think. we were there already. <laughs> We've uh, done this a hundred times. No, you yeah, you did. Okay, you're right. Ha. Okay. Sorry. Um go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea to get started today. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And Liz, what is our book recommendation today? Well, you know, I'm trying to keep up with that read one book a week mentality that worked pretty well in 2020. Uh, this book I've most recently finished last week. Uh, I'm going to recommend for your audio listening pleasure, The Grace Year by Kim Liggett. Uh, often I just subscribe to bookstore newsletters so they can just send me pictures of the books coming out. And I'm like, that looks cool. Save that, save that, save that, save that, save that. Uh, and uh, this one really, really hit me hard because it is basically the idea that on your 16th birthday all of the 16 year old women are sent off into the wild for one year to release their magic get it all out of their system shake it all out from the trees because it's dangerous and wild and unruly and then you can come back and rejoin society and get married and be a good hospitable wife um and it's it's so buck wild it's like the Handmaid's Tale for young adult audiences, which I think we needed really, really badly because young adult audiences, I think, crave that sort of dystopian feminist take on. So what if all problems? Yeah. So what if all problems were blamed on women when actually it was just the men in these societies that actually can't control themselves or take things seriously? What if women were made to fight each other as opposed to rising up and smashing the patriarchy. Uh, what if, uh, what if Lord of the flies, but with girls mm -hmm. and it was so very good. It made me uncomfortable. It made me cry. The ending is fantastic. And the thing I like most about it is that by the end of it, you, uh, you come to realize that it's not that women are evil, even though they've done unspeakable things to each other. It's that we have to rise above that. We have to become allies and we have to help in ways that we can. Even when it looks like we aren't, that we have to keep trying. We have to keep working on the service. Uh, we have to have men who are allies as well so they can work in the ways that they can work. It's, it, it was wonderfully told. It had great characters. Um, it was definitely the most political book I've read in a while, but it's it's not political at all. It's you read it and you're like, boy, like why in the world does a society act this way? And then you look at your own life, you're like, oh, here's why. Ah, goody. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. Uh, we highly recommend it. On Audible, it is narrated by. Stalling you, for time. Stop it. It's narrated by Emily Schaefer. Uh, if you are into uh the idea of women seizing back themselves i highly recommend the grace year and liz who is our um sponsor challenger today oh thank you Aaron. i'm doing all the sponsors today yep <laughs> i get to relax for once for once <laughs> all right uh our sponsor today is whoops uh you can sense the theme it it, it is not it is still uh well the month of the woman 
uh, challenge authority, crush the patriarchy. Uh, I'm going to recommend for our uh, sponsor challenger today in the sponsor dorm, Lorica, uh, Lorica Clothing, uh, L-O-R-I-C-A Clothing. Uh, Lorica is a girl on the West Coast, I believe up in Seattle area, who makes clothing for women and men based on historical medieval armor. So she makes skater dresses that have the patterns of Henry VIII's armor from portraits that you can see now. Uh, she makes uh, running gear that has uh, the bat wing armor from Spanish culture. She has chain mail face masks. She has, and, it, and it's all, um, every piece of clothing is sustainably printed and uh, put together by a company of all women here in the United States. It's super boss. Paige, did you just pull it up on your phone to take a look at it? Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It's pretty badass. It's really badass. Um, I just yesterday wore my Henry VIII skater dress. It has pockets, by the way, ladies. All the dresses have pockets. Um, wore it, and every time a little girl passed me in the hallway, they said, Miss Elizabeth, are you a knight? Like, what are you wearing? All the little boys said, Miss Elizabeth, like, do you, like, fight crime? It made me feel so freaking powerful and strong, and it's the most comfortable thing I've ever worn. I've got uh, a pair of leggings. I've got the dress. I want to go buy more face masks. It's really, really cool. She's awesome. You should definitely check her out. And she even does, like, historical little uh deep dives into the nature of the pieces that she creates and the research she does on it and where they come from in history. It's all very exciting for a medieval enthusiast like myself. So again, if you want to check out her stuff and support an awesome woman-led business, go to lauricaclothing.com. And that is now officially the end of the woman-led sponsor dome. We can get into theories now. Okay. So I have uh, a couple, I have one, at least one question and then one fun thing to talk about, but it doesn't have to necessarily happen right the second or in that order or anything like that. But I think the question might be fun to kind of start us off with this, though. Go for it. Okay. So of the openings, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and uh, uh, early 2000s, which was your favorite? Because you had the 50s, like Dick Van Dyke um, opening, the 60s Bewitched opening, the 70s... Uh, step by step or no that was that was the 80s i forget what the 70s family ties. huh family ties family it. family ties there it is uh family ties uh uh step by step uh malcolm in the middle coming out of left field and then um a mix between modern family and the office and happy endings yes uh let's see sam you go first which one did you like best Honestly, I love them all because they were so intentional with the themes they went with to tell you, hey, this is the era we're in right now. Because they would call back to shows that had elements like that. The one that hit me the hardest, I think, was the first one because it's the f I didn't know what to expect going into the series. And it's hitting me hard with these really nostalgic, old, multicam sitcom vibes. And I loved it. I was there for it. So by default, I got to say that one. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke was actually a consultant on that episode. Because they oh, wanted I'm so that happy feel. To hear that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's intense how much work they put into like these ep these uh these episodes. Because like they would use like the same kind of lights that they used on those sitcoms. They painted uh Vision whenever he was uh not in his human disguise. They painted him blue versus red or any other color because that's easier to pick up on grayscale or a uh, monochromatic. And it's it, it, like the amount of work is ridiculous that they put they into shot that this first one in front of a live studio audience too yep. yes so good aaron what was your favorite uh i gotta go malcolm in the middle because it was so jarring um because it just came after uh, a kind of an intense episode and it was a little jarring and what had happened that in the when, previous uh, episode was that when fietro showed up yes yeah and then they just launched right into the malcolm in the middle opening <laughs> that was and it was so good because it involved the boys more so too. And it like it was Malcolm in the Middle and um oh there's one with uh what's her face from oh god, I have to like go through so many connections just to get back to this one television show. Um Stardust, the main actress from Stardust, she was on a television show in the Claire 90s. Claire Danes. Yes. 
Yes. I'm going to say yes. Thank you. Uh, she was on a television show that was had a similar kind of grungy feel like that, um, but it was about a family as well. So I think it's kind of a mix. Be- so how like the 2000s is a mix between The Office and Modern Family. And then I'm, I'm, I've never heard of Happy Endings. It was only on for two seasons. Um, yeah. It, the it, titles like roll through really, uh, really quickly. Yeah. You, yeah. Watch the title credits after this and you'll see. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Cause, um, there's, uh, cause the, the Malcolm in the middle one was like those, like I never watched that one with Claire Danes, but I know that that it's definitely an inspiration because like all the close-ups with the video camera and everything like that. Cause Malcolm middle was more about like photos are very quick f- things. Not one kind of quote unquote continuous shot. Uh, Paige, what was your favorite? I'm going to say the last one just because that's what I've watched the most of. And so I connected with that one the most. <laughs> and it, it even kind of sounded like The Office in a way. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that immediately picked up with me. Although probably the the interview style of the show that that was involved with was probably one of my least favorites. But I did love those title credits. You know, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. <laughs> you're you're not supposed to answer. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Liz? Uh, for me, it's a tie, uh, and it's uh, it's really hard to say, but uh, it is either the Bewitched homage because I really love the little cartoon versions they make of Wanda and Vision and how she does magic too. Uh, that tied with the uh, <laughs> the one that references them running up a hill to then go have a picnic, like it's Full House all the way, and that was like the sitcom that i grew up with when i was a kid watching that opening whatever like it was it was always that so it's oh, between that and poor, village you poor sweet summer children also i'm so f- sorry also for the fact that elizabeth olsen basically lived on that set yeah yeah that's that's i i do think that's a very funny reference it would have been hilarious if they said something about like her being a twin and then like well wait didn't you have siblings that were twins too and she goes i don't know what you're talking about and then just like throws it off she, uh, she yeets Elizabeth and Ashley into the <laughs> Ashley and Mary Kate into the stratosphere. <laughs> they were never here. Um, they yeah, did kind of have a really fourth wall shattering reference in the Halloween episode. Which, if you're gonna have one, I'm glad that's the one they did. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? No, actually, which one? What What are you talking about? It's when the kids are running away and they're like kick ass with Uncle Pietro, and oh. she's like kick ass. Yeah, because that is a good both, one. Both Evan Peters and. The other guy who played MCU Quicksilver, they were both in Kick Ass. Yep, because the other guy, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, was actually Kick Ass. I mean, uh, uh, what's his face? Evan Peterson was uh, the friend or whatever. Um, yeah, though, I, I forgot about I Either I didn't hear it or I forgot about it. So, And then um, since we're talking about openings, um, we'll get into the fun part of this in just a little bit later. But I there is actually a theme that you hear in all of the openings, including the now very famous. It was Agatha all along. There's a there's, there's a, four, a there's a four note one division motif series of notes motif, that yeah, appears sorry. in all of the songs to like link them all together. Uh, and then when we get to Agatha all along, which is a Munsters homage in of itself, it's the same oh, four notes again. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Well, again, it's like you did your research on the visual stuff. The audio stuff is just as important. You need to hear those four notes and be like, that's one division, one division. And if you hear all of them, you hear the same four notes again, again, and dun, through dun, all of them. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was like, it's a fun musical motif. We'll, uh, we'll try to post a link to this uh, creator's video because they go through and like kind of explain why it's used in the way it's used or how like how they use it specifically and it's it's really neat it reminds me um you watched a video excuse me um you watched a video about how there is a motif in um uh into the spider-verse that is like uh miles's motif or his theme that you hear in different ways and when you hear it at the end, it's just so baller. And it like they actually reworked the song What's Up Danger to feature that motif for that triumphant moment when he falls off the building and starts swinging for the first time. You like, mean a leap of faith off the building? Yes, the one there. And that's the one. So music is so freaking important. I've really been getting into learning more about music. Cause that's something that that was an artistic avenue that I really never experienced. I. I'm not a prolific singer and it's nice to one learn more or, or, or even play instrument. I couldn't even play an instrument. I wanted to play many instruments. I want to play the upright bass. They told me I was too short and that was the end of my instrument career. 
<laughs> but I would have I would have loved to do it. And as such, it's nice to now learn more about music. People who actually know a thing or two about music and say, "Hey, recognize this light motif? Here's what that is. Uh, here's how to sight read. Here's how you can music can tell a story without." words at all and that's really cool to me and it just shows that they took the time to think about it too because like i mean even the end credits they changed it up slightly just enough for you to like re it to reinforce what just happened like at one point it's all red and then it when it goes to color it's red and green and blue or something like that it's like this they change it ever so slightly um because when agatha find, yeah did you find yourself just parsing those end credits every time to see if something subtle had changed. I was certain, and I don't, I can't even say I'm certain of it anymore, Aaron. But when they finally do reveal Agatha, I swear that the blue that's in the red, green, and blue color combination in the end credits becomes purple. purple. I would actually say it probably does. I swan to John, and I, and I'm not, I don't know, but I swear to Christ, I now like make that connection. It was red for Wanda, green for Vision, and then. Purple for Agatha. Yeah, or blue for Agatha, but essentially purple. Yeah, and because whenever white vision is introduced, um, it you see you start to see white, uh, in the red. Oh, yeah. In the, in the, see, that's what I'm yeah. Saying. There's like, little white lights that peer I, through. I bet if we compare them, I bet they are all I freaking identical. But we're like reading into it as we see <laughs> <Optical> it. Like, <laughs> illusions. Yeah, I, I swear we're doing it to ourselves now, and that that gets us into Theory Town. Um. My my personal my personal favorite again at the end of this I realized that everyone was like my theories like what theory so I started doing research on it and my, my theories I yeah my cab <laughs> my cabbages uh oh, my, I was going my burn. my uh my favorite article I read about this whole thing uh the the title of it is and a uh, byline is as such WandaVision failed to deliver things that were never promised to me who wants to watch a show about grief when I'm supposed to be getting sold on future Marvel things. And I'm like, thank you. Someone please said it because all they do is like, you you mentioned Agatha in the first episode, like you, Agnes, like oh is that Agatha Harkness? Me on the internet googling things because that's more important than just watching the show. And like it was really nice to see the creators. Not even they weren't even doing it live. It wasn't like Game of Thrones where he's like, oh I'm gonna switch it up now because they guessed what I was gonna do, so I'm gonna switch it up in the next episode. They already had everything recorded. They're like, we're actually not gonna do any of this. We're we're not going to show you Mephisto. We're not going to cameo Doctor Strange. That biophysicist that uh, Rambo mentions for half a second is not Reed Richards. Or it could be. Who cares? That's not what the show is about. So, like, get focused or leave. Like, there are uh, uh, these things, but it's not. You're, sorry. I'm agreeing with what you said. And you did it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it, it is about what Wanda is going through. And, and it is focused on Wanda. Um, and it's, I think, uh, they do kind of hide some things here and there and it's really nice, but I, I mean, we're, we're just in the age of theories, unfortunately. Like we watched a, a film theory on it before episode five or six came out and they were like, oh, we're pretty sure that Agnes is Agatha and like they explain why she would be. And essentially that was proven correct. So some theories were correct, but they did say that Mephisto was going to be introduced and, you know, actually... I'm glad he wasn't introduced at this point because that's not what the show was about. So, it, again, it sounds like I'm um, con contradicting you, but in reality, I'm agreeing with you. The ethos of our podcast. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're totally right. And keeping that as simple as they did kept the door open to focus entirely on Wanda because that is really what's the driving force behind this show and her dealing with her grief and her trauma and learning to work through that because she's been through a lot and we haven't really talked about her at all other than you can't leave the compound oh no you left the compound oh you got to kill vision oh now you got to watch him die again oh now you're dust no we finally have a chance to focus on her and make it about her you and muddying that with anything else i think would have been a disservice so i agree with you too list <laughs> <laughs> thanks sam boy he's, it sounds more positive when sam says he agrees with me <laughs> sam's a very positive guy let's be honest he's super chipper and just the cutest thing ever well, i mean we can go back in that closet so uh, i'll need four, i'll need four minutes after that kind of pep talk did you guys have any theories that you're like thinking and wondering and thinking oh it's gonna show up it's gonna happen that didn't go for you um i wasn't convinced we would see anything like mephisto because that would be a big thing to drop in a tv show that's like a that's like a movie level thing because that would be a next big bad i thought maybe dr strange would get involved somehow because the next Doctor Strange movie will have Wanda in it. So I thought maybe he might make a quick appearance or 
maybe alluded to a little more, but beyond Agatha saying, you are more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme, that's all we got. Um, but well, yeah, other than that, I didn't really have any major theories. You yeah, could... I was thinking we can do spoilers, right? Yes, yes. We're, that's oh, what yeah. we're talking right now. Go for it. Yeah. We're okay. balls deep so into spoiler town now. <laughs> at the end, when it's like the fighting stuffs, and you've got Evil Vision, you've got Agatha, you've got Sword coming in, like you've got all of these people coming in to destroy like a handful of people. And you're like, oh my God. Okay, so Photon's locked up in the attic. And like, I'm wondering who's going to like swoop in and save the day. I thought it would be either Doctor Strange or Captain Marvel, considering like the connections between people. But I'm kind of glad they left them out of it and just had things resolve with her closing everything up you know mm-hmm. and i like how vision and white vision kind of thank god it wasn't just a punch out fest like yeah. i really liked I their little battle of wits and logic like that yeah. makes so much more sense that's the most vision showdown you could possibly have just, <laughs> just floating let's, let's talk talking. about archimedes ship <laughs> just just our mental chest uh the ship of theseus the ship of theseus, theseus thank you yeah yep. i just saw a meme i'm on uh, a meme my mom uh, I saw a meme on it recently. Like, those dare t- <laughs> I'm making Paige, like, squirt her soda out of her nose. Uh, I almost took a sip, and I'm so glad I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I saw a meme on it, it was, and it was hilarious. It's like, it, two people were essentially the same. It was like, have you ever discussed, have you ever a thought experiment, the ship, uh, ship of Theseus? Uh, I, uh, to go back for, to one point just a second ago, uh, the references to, uh, the multiverse or the the new movie Doctor Strange movie. I think there is one more reference in it, um, and this is super spoiler territory. But the um, uh, the the credits or the scene after the credits or after the credits are still like five minutes of credits afterwards, uh, where Wanda is in a you know a cabin alone sipping tea, but then she's really not. She's actually still in the cabin, but she's like doing studies and everything like that. The way she's moving and like reading and everything like that was very reminiscent to of Dr. Strange and his like million um, possible outcomes kind of thing where he's like kind of phasing through himself almost. I think that might be a subtle reference. And I think even some of the symbols might be the same, but um, I think that's the only other reference that I was hoping for one more. I heard that there was going to be one more cameo, and I was like, I was so excited to have one more because I really liked Pietro dropping in because I swear to God, when I first saw him, I thought it was Magneto. I was, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. I thought they went that far. Like the the length that they went was awesome. But again, until awesome it wasn't, that but it's, it's just, we went all that way for a boner joke. Like suck it. I am <laughs> suck so. We're Magneto. I'm just picturing Ian McKellen old as hell being up there <laughs> because it's a sitcom being like, Daddy's home. Uh. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, even not even Mac, Michael Fassbender. Like, I had heard that they recast um, him again. They recast him again. Well, I mean, they're they're probably gonna end up doing it, or at least to an extent. Into I infinity. Think, um, what's his uh, what's his face? Um, not Legolas. Uh, Aragon from. I'm sorry, Viggo Mortensen. I had heard that there was a rumor that Viggo Mortensen is being either looked at. Or had been cast, or is like rumored to be cast. He's older as than Michael Fassbender. That makes absolutely no sense. I know that's that's what's really weird, but he has that a little bit of the older look. Than and Michael I Fassbender. love Vigo. I love Vigo. Sorry. Yeah. Well, Vigo. going back to your point, Aaron and Liz, like that is one thing I thought we might see with Evan Peters being introduced to the show. I'm like, oh shit, is this the bridge that they're going to use to start connecting the Fox X Men franchise to the MCU? And it was out. not, but it was it was still the right call to cast Evan Peters because we as the audience could go along with it similarly to how Wanda did because like this guy is vaguely familiar to me as Pietro, but something's off. And that's exactly what she's thinking because she knows her twin brother and it's like, oh, I'm seeing you, but this something's different. And us too. It's like, oh, I've seen this Pietro before, but mm-hmm. it's different. So it was <laughs> it was smart to do, but then she they cast, just said, cast nope, he's not, he's not uh, Quicksilver from X-Men. He's just a guy named Boner, just like uh, Kurt Cameron's friend from Growing Pains. I'm a little mad at that, not going to lie. I'm not. Like, for me, it's so, just just from the, the toxic way that culture, fan culture, can, like, try to influence creators. Like, I'm so pleased that they're just like, no. You see that on-ramp? We're going right by it. Goodbye. Yeah, let story Exit. be its story. <laughs> let and it be its own thing. It, because, it, again, that is another benefit to the weekly 
episodic structure is like we were able to wildly theorize about that and that kept the hype going so when the next episode drops viewership's gonna go up even though it didn't happen the way we thought it would it was still good it served the story i liked it yeah Uh, but those cliffhangers on those tv shows usually are really really bad or like do not service you know like Who's going to die in The Simpsons? Oh, it's just Maude Flanders. Who gives a shit? And it was actually a contract dispute, so it doesn't even really matter. Uh, Paige, may I pull you up onto the, uh, the, the, into the uh, feminism stage? May I, may I pull you up on top to the platform to speak with yes. you a moment? <laughs> Sam and I will just sit down No, no, no. Fill. It's just nice to have another girl on we'll the podcast is all. Yeah. No, uh, no. You can yeah, enjoy the closet. I put some candy bars in there for you. Ooh. Uh, Milky Ways? Paige. Snickers. Are you happy that, or or maybe they did? How about this? What are your thoughts on Wanda being turned into a villain, quote unquote? Like there was thoughts that she's going to be the next big bad evil guy because of the severe amounts of trauma she's suffered and had to deal with and the unlimited power that she has. But at the same time, am I? You know, I'm also kind of happy that they didn't explicitly go that route because I hate it when we finally get a, a strong character that's a woman with damage and immediately we're like, villain. We can't have her be a hero. That would be too real. Let's just make her a slave to her emotions. So what are your thoughts on how they dealt with Wanda's trauma and do you fear them turning her into a bad guy or would you be happy to see that come? Um, I mean, I think that is possibly the road she is headed towards in the future but I think Wanda has as much anger as she does empathy and we can see that in several occasions when she might have effed up by accident you know and not have known oh if I shoot this into the building it's gonna kill all those people oh when I take over this town I'm like you know they're having my name they're having my thoughts they're in like a mind prison like I don't think she ever means to cause harm even if she does cause harm so I think in the end she's not really gonna be a bad person or witch (laughs) no I I would I'm not a bad witch I'm a good witch uh I (laughs) I would love the idea that I you know it's to me I read these things so freaking carefully now and I hate it I used to just enjoy media now I have to analyze it uh but it's so hard to like see this and be like we have a movie where Wanda trying to help is explicitly framed as the wrong decision because it ends in a bad thing that happens it leads to the Sokovia Accords it leads to civil war and I don't feel like we ever ever focus on the damage that some of the other heroes do just by things like oh like maybe crashing a giant helicarrier into DC might have you know killed some people but we never are like maybe you did the wrong thing Cap maybe you should have done this instead it's never framed that way so it's really hard to see like Wanda again again do something that could be self-care or could be helping others and it gets framed as well, you actually kind of made the wrong decision there, hon. You should have done this. Uh, I like it as a character-growing trait. I don't like it as only it seems to happen to her and not to some of the other heroes on the squad. Like, it, you made the wrong call, and now you have to suffer the consequences of this. I think, I think that the, kind the, of happens to Iron Man, though. Uh, that's exactly oh, what I, I mean, was going to bring the, up. All of the MCUs is, is Iron Man's fault. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Iron, well, Iron Man trauma wasn't just or not really tied to the damage done to new york it was more like his perception of his security in the universe his place in the universe being shattered because there are aliens out there they are more advanced than us they are stronger than us and a lot of them mean to do us harm that's what messed with him i don't think he felt remorse about the damage at all he's just like here's a bag of money now go away bye uh yeah Yeah, he even creates iron man one wanda yeah, because Iron Man 1 is about him dealing with the fact that he's an arms dealer and tries to rid the world of that and make By the world better making place. the most powerful weapon. Yeah, exactly. Iron Man 2 is dealing with that. And then Iron Man 3 is him dealing with the PTSD of almost dying in space. No, agreed. Uh, it's, in, you know, even in Ultron, like, in the end, he makes this other thing to fight Ultron after explicitly causing the harm in the first place tries to recreate it again and it's only through the grace of god and a lucky hammer strike that we get vision out of that instead of another rogue ai that's going to take over the world and again it doesn't get framed that way uh okay we, we may now step off 
the, the feminist stage. Thank you for joining me up there. Thanks for letting us jump on there with you for a second. Yeah. You're just shouting from below with bullhorns, actually, this might have happened here. Thank you, gentlemen. Well, actually. <laughs> you guys are so damn cute. You know, just go marry each other already, why don't you? Why don't you? Make a podcast about it. You know what? We will. It. Not because you told us to. Okay. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, no, I'm a year late. So um, I've got a couple fun things, and then we will actually need to wrap up. All right. Give us um, one thing. Uh, before we wrap up with your fun trivia facts, mm-hmm. I think the show was really good. I really enjoyed it, and I think I would enjoy rewatching experience. The only thing that really kind of gave me pause was at the end, uh, Rambo kind of absolving Wanda of the damage she inflicted upon these people for all this time. Like, they'll never know the sacrifice he made. Like, she kept him in a freaking nightmare prison for untold weeks. Like, no, like, she did the right thing. That's, it was the right thing. You, she still has to like pay for what she did. So for that, it kind of feels weird to like let her off with a oh you you sacrificed so much. Like she did yes, but you kind of like trivialized all these people's pain. So that's like the only one mark on the series that really just just didn't quite stick the landing. Uh, but everything else, just her using runes to defeat Agatha, which oh was that was so cool so freaking baller and genius Uh, too yeah and the for me the giant red wall of death just slowly coming towards them as they say like just have a nice night at home like for me i was weeping hysterically throughout all of that just to see death coming towards you and just be like here's all we have left enjoy it while we got it you know what kind of reminded me of is when people like would expect to see like the atom bomb kind of thing and they just see the the Blast Force is coming, and they're just, like, accepting it. Or, you know, like, Toy Story 3, where they they, they cannot get out of the incinerator, and then they accept death, and, and I cried like a... I, well, not even a big and baby, the, but I cried. And the two old married people in the Titanic who are just hugging each other in bed as the ship goes down and the water swirls around them. Like, I'm a sucker for scenes like that. So... Anyways, Sorry, get it back dark... on a happy topic. Sorry, Aaron. Now give us some happy thoughts so yeah, we can close wow. this out. Thanks. Well, well, my favorite part of season one, I'm I'm sure there's not going to be a season two. No, but the, series. the series in general yeah. um, was the penultimate episode when she creates her own Westview out of her sadness. <laughs> like that was the the thing that had me sobbing the most, other than her like creating vision out of herself oh. as she screams oh my god elizabeth oh. olsen oh, i just had to say that she acts so well uh people I, are calling for her to be nominated for an emmy for this she did a really good i job. i'm i'm so on board mm-hmm. uh I, we can't I'll, discount I'll paul Bet- if she doesn't yeah we can't discount yeah. paul bettany either just that that line what is grief do you guys, not love persisting? Do you guys know yeah. that like his career was like on the skids like he was considering getting out of acting entirely before like someone came or, like his agent was like, Hey, you might need to like check this one, this roll out. It's for a comic book movie. I know those are kind of bad, but they're doing things a little bit differently. And they're like, okay, so here you'd be playing Jarvis, which if this thing takes off, it could lead into other roles. And sure enough, he's now like an integral part of the MCU. So Iron Man not only resurrected Paul Bettany's career, but RDJ's career as well. Yeah. Cool. You could you could even say um, not Kevin Feige uh, the director. Um, oh my goodness! Because he wasn't on the skids. John Favreau. John Favreau. He wasn't on the skids at that point, but his it was taking a little bit of downturn. Like he didn't make as much money for Elf as like it was not a critical or sorry a box office. That's success. a classic Christmas movie. I'm it, sorry. It's now, he did yeah. it. He did yeah, it. And I, I feel believe. like he was just starting out directing at that point, right? Yeah. Uh, he'd done a, a few of... things before then. Okay. A version of that story I had heard. Aaron is that yeah like he like I don't think Paul Bettany's career was super on the ropes when he was asked to be Jarvis because he had just done Wimbledon which is actually where he met John Favreau John Favreau played his agent and then they so that's why he asked Bettany to play Jarvis he's like sure why not but then after that like after a couple Marvel movies I don't know the full story but Bettany has said he was in some producer's office in Hollywood there was some argument and the producer was like your career is fucking done you're never going to work in this town again so Bentley leaves that office. He's like, shit, what am I going to do now? I got to find, do I, do I just quit acting? Maybe that's when Joss Whedon called him like that day and was like, Hey, we have this idea, the character called vision based on Jarvis. Do you want to play vision? He's like, fuck yes. <laughs> we'll get to the gym, Bentley. <laughs> like I, I feel like I don't want to say like this was the plan from the beginning. Cause it definitely wasn't, but nah. like, um, 
I mean, Vision was always a part of Jarvis. Like, Vision had always been Jarvis um, like in, in the, the comics. comics? Yeah. Okay. So, it, it, like, I think well, the fact that they there. were bringing... Yeah, I think... that many movies to get there eventually. Because <laughs> I, th- I thought the, the whole story with the producer was before he got cast in... Uh, Iron Man, but I could be wrong. I I don't know I the full story. I just can't believe that people are still shouting, "You'll never work in this town again." Somewhere in the world. Yeah, I'm sure there. <laughs> I mean, there are people like I can't He's believe it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He's a white man. He'll be fine. Cigar, fat cat in his chair. You'll never work in this town again, Paul. <laughs> the white man with hair, lemon. Sky's the limit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron, give us those fun factoids. Give us those little. Treats. So, um, if you carefully pay attention to the previously on WandaVision, uh, throughout each episode, it actually she gets more and more depressed. Like she goes, she's like kind of happy and previously on WandaVision, and then on the last one, previously on WandaVision. Oh, that's cool. Again, subtle touches. Um, yeah, I noticed that, and I was trying to determine if that was supposed to indicate where her mood was in the show or. Just to kind of adapt with the genre they were depicting. The either one works. Of... Either situation, or yeah. either explanation does work. Mm-hmm. I would like to know what the creators had in mind when they did that. Yeah, and um, the other thing, and this is this is less of a, a fact about the show and more like just going back into my favorite now Spider-Man movie, um, Into the Spider-Verse. Catherine Hahn played Dr. Octavia um, in the, the movie, and she does an amazing job there. She does an amazing job here. She does an amazing job everywhere because she's a freaking treasure she's my queen um but i just i love that she's already been in the mcu and now well technically the mcu but she's now uh officially a part of it and uh i like i want to see her get cast one more time so people can make all the memes it's like actually there's three (laughs) actually there's three so um thank you sam and page um uh, so much uh do you guys have any final thoughts about the show? Any things you want to like bring up and free promote or anything like that? Share with the people at home. Uh, final listener. thoughts on the show. I was just so incredibly and pleasantly surprised at how good it was and how thorough it was. Not just tying together things with the MCU post Thanos, but kind of showing where things are going from here. This not it bodes well for the MCU, but also for the Disney Plus television and movie originals in general. I thought this would kind of, you'd see a dip in quality. And we really didn't. It was still very character-driven, very heartfelt, and very purposeful. There was a purpose behind this. And I was, uh, I was very happy. The only complaints I had, Liz, you touched on this. I didn't think about this until I started seeing others write about it, but they did kind of gloss over the lack of accountability for Wanda after everything she did. Because that's kind of a messed up thing she did. I mean, even if someone, if you, you don't mean to hit someone with your car, you still did a bad thing. You got to have consequences for that. But, you know, that aside, very strong show. If you're like me and you grew up on Nick at Night and TV land, this was heaven. <laughs> How about you, Paige? Yeah, so I, I really don't have any complaints other than I think I've heard from some people out there saying that, like, oh, what was even the point of this? And I think we're going to see a lot of domino effect after this. But I don't know. That's just, you know, some people's opinions. And Is learning or seeing a character you love, like, become self-actualized and process grief? Is that worth nothing? Like, why are they saying? What's the point? That's it, a good question. I would ask that of them also. It didn't but, sell yeah, a, I found it, 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 I found it very future fulfilling. Movie, and Sam. It's I'm not glad to it. know Wanda Moore. And... They're, they're probably the greasy incels who are sitting in their basement and are just pissed because their Mephisto theory didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. They just, yep. they're just, they're just mad that they weren't right. They're like, what's the point even if they aren't going to give me what I want? Yeah, like, where's I my? That's up a, a lot of other different things that we will find out eventually with other property coming to life. So I, I'm just excited to see more at the end of this. You know. <laughs> Yeah. where's my uh the avengers initiative uh at the end of the credits or something like that come on guys like I, there was no freaking in credit scenes like that really well, how before yeah uh, well there nick, was how but... long has nick fury been on that ship now like he's been up in space <laughs> for years just he just walking around in his socks <laughs> playing like space golf and stuff like that um Liz, oh, speaking, oh, sorry. On. speaking about like snap stuff I did find it very interesting seeing the regulars coming back from being yes, reborn after snapped. the second snap unsnapped 
and like the chaos that obviously ensues you think oh i'm back now and everything's fine no, no. it's not like shit. what about the people <laughs> like... who were like snapped in the middle of surgery or like on an airplane like that's like Bad. it's scary yeah. but like oh god i want to know it's it's like it's a morbid curiosity so um do you guys have anything you want to plug um come on Paige. Come i mean on. i can plug come myself please yes <laughs> That sounds so weird, but yeah. (laughs) Um, But I recently incorporated. I'm an LLC now. So if you have any graphic design needs that isn't um, being pointed toward Aaron already, then you can hit me up if you want at page at pagefirmbird.com. Her lettering and text design is beautiful. Chef's kiss. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, And I got nothing. So yeah. (laughs) Uh, check out our audible recommendation the grace year again that's audible.com slash married to the idea and it's to not number two uh thank you guys so much for coming on for another marvel disney joint with us every time it is a a pure pleasure even though we had so much audio issues that the luckily the audience will never know about but well we did tell them on the facebook that it was agatha all along that was keeping us from getting (laughs) this episode out but now it's here that is sam's favorite song i find him humming it all the time i I have a tiktok (laughs) i want to do everything like oh i stubbed my toe it was agatha's fault yeah like that's a tiktok i want to do it's like i've actually already recorded something but i need help from a friend of mine who just recently hit fifty thousand followers uh where it's like hey who drank all the milk and put the empty it was agatha all along this is the new thanks obama Yep. Yes. It is absolutely, absolutely that. It absolutely is. And I'm here for it. So, <laughs> all right. Well, um, thank you guys so much for joining us. As always, uh, we love you both dearly. We miss you dearly. Um, we think of you dearly. Uh, <laughs> not sure what that last one meant, but whatever. <laughs> well, uh, we, we love, we love, we love joining yes, you on this show, thank- guys. Oh. Uh oh. Oh no. You guys just cut out. Oh, we should have just. Oh no. Oh, oh no, no. There oh, you go. Okay. okay. We're okay. Sorry. Let's oh, cut here. <laughs> I'm going to cut back in. Sam, go ahead and thank us again. <laughs> and take two. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, uh, any last words, Liz? No, it's just okay. perfect new. <laughs> it's a great yeah, last word. We, we always love joining you guys to talk about stuff we love. So um, Yes, thank you. We love you. We, we miss you. We also think of you dearly. Yep. Do you guys want to do the outro with us? Oh. Sure. Okay, so Sam, you're going to talk for Paige, Paige for Sam, me for Aaron, Aaron for me, and then we're all going to say, and we're married to the idea together. Makes sense? And you at home can join along, too. We just won't hear you. <laughs> yeah. All right, go ahead. I'm, or wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's our intro. Oh, no. He's Sam. She's Paige. He's Aaron. She's Elizabeth. And we're married to the idea. Oh, God.